Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, hi, Nikki Kinzer. Hi. Uh, <laughs> it's a fine a fine week. We had a week off last week. We did. Uh, Memorial an, Day. Impromptu Memorial Day holiday week off. I know you were vacationing. I hope everything was uh, fun and relaxing and rejuvenating. It was a vacation, and... Uh... <laughs> I uh, prepped for my son's graduation, so oh, it was so a working really. vacation. <laughs> yes. yes, but my son oh, graduated. He's on to, I hope, the university if plans go the way that they're supposed to, but we'll see. But he's done with high school. That we know That's for sure. fantastic. Congratulations, <laughs> yes. Mom. Yes. Um, we are going to be talking about ADHD and friendships today, and we're very excited to have our guest back after much too long uh, to help us uh, muddle our way through this conversation. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on uh, Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you or helped you make a change in your life for the better with your ADHD, head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Your dollars each month help us to continue to grow this show and do new things. We just released the ADHD resource library. If you're searching for past resources that have been mentioned and discussed on the show, uh, you can find them there. Uh, But uh, the thing that I'm most terrified about is we're going to start a new members only podcast just for patrons and it's going to be uh, all Pete all the time. Okay. And also <laughs> community voices. I'm really excited about this. We're going to talk about tech and all kinds of systems and workflows and shortcuts and all kinds of fun things that might help you uh, be a little bit more speedy with your ADHD. So patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Uh, consider joining up if you if you're thinking about it. Thank you in advance if you've already done it. We love you so much. We are talking about friendship and ADHD. It has been since 2017 that our guest uh, was last on the show. I can't believe it. Melissa Orlov is back. Welcome back, Melissa. We're not talking about uh, your love life anymore. We're talking about your friends. Are you ready for this? (laughs) 
I am ready for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm delighted to be back, by the way. I agree with you. It's been way too long. Way too long. I'm going to start with the first question that got popped up in our Discord channel because yeah. it really starts the conversation. Yeah. And what it was is somebody had asked, is it normal for ADHD people to struggle making lasting long-term friendships? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and actually for a lot of people, if you think about front deep, you know, long-term relationships versus sort of superficial ones, um, it, it is. Um, and some of that has to do with the symptoms of um, distractibility and this uh, now, not now time zone thing. You know, the, the joke that Ned Hallowell likes to say is, you know, two time zones with ADHD now and not now. So when you aren't, I know it's great, right? Uh, so when you're not with somebody, that person is in the not now and right. they tend not to be, you tend not to be thinking about them. And then just the sort of regular follow-up that you might do with a friend where you might go, oh, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so for a long time. And, and I think I'll give them a, a call. Um, uh, ADHD symptoms might get in the way of that, either remembering to do yeah. that because again, they're in the not now, uh, or, um, following up on it. Even if you think about it, you might get distracted and go off and do something else. And then the thing, again, the thought goes into the not, the not now. So, so it can be a challenge, mm -hmm. uh, to keep those relationships going. Um, I think I, it's easier if you have a, a really big, um, common interest perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, no, not a problem. I, I think for me, it's, it's like what happens when you grow beyond the developmental stage when object permanence is a question, right? <laughs> like it's what it looks like when, if I close my eyes, I, I know you no longer exist. Right. That's like, not now. That's not now. And that's kind of what it looks like. Please don't play peekaboo with me as an adult. I still struggle uh, right. because well, not only that, not only is it the now, not now, but when it's not when it becomes now again, I went to my 30th uh, high school reunion recently and and for about a week straight. All I could think about was my relationships with a couple of these people that I ran into, right? I, it was yeah. so easy to hyper-focus on that commonality. So the swings make can, can make friendships really hard to maintain consistently. Well, and, and it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about this and, and thinking one of the benefits is that um, you can go back to people you haven't seen for a long time. And assuming that they are also willing to do this, you can jump right back in. Right. And really, you know, really get some intense time um, yeah. in with them like you may have at the reunion. Uh, so friendships are about two people. Right. <laughs> and so if the other person is all up for that, you're in good shape. Mm -hmm. If they're not, not so much. So I'm curious when you have friendships, how important is it to share with them about your ADHD so that they understand that, you know, I may not get back to your text right away? Or is it is it important to, to mention? So that's an interesting question. I mean, I think that your friends, if they know anything about ADHD, may suspect you have it, have it in already. the first place. Right. Um, uh, but it, you have to be careful. There's a very fine line between Using ADHD as a, you know, I am going to get back to you, but it might not be within the next 30 minutes. Of course, it might be because mm -hmm. the text comes in and, and it's in the now at that moment and you mm -hmm. might respond right away. Um, but it can also sound like an excuse. 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a very good friend to you because I have ADHD is not something you want to be communicating. Right. Um, and so I think that it is, it is on the person who has the ADHD to figure out what that relationship needs. Mm-hmm. Um, some relationships, I was thinking about a, my, my husband's, one of my husband's best friend relationships is with somebody he's been friends with for 50 years and they've been riding bikes together. That's how they met. And they both are big enthusiasts for riding bikes. They've been riding bikes together for 50 years. And there Mm -hmm. was a long period of time when they lived in different parts of the country or whatever, they didn't keep up with each other very often. Um, And now we've moved closer back together and they're with each other all the time. And um, so these relationships can actually be very long Mm -hmm. in duration. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you have the, oh my gosh, what do I, you know, I missed that text or I haven't talked to that person for a month. Can I still talk to them? And that's a question. But I think you have to be really, it's not that you should hide the ADHD. I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying don't take the next step, which is because I have ADHD, I might not respond to you as a friend should. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Take that on as something that you should be thinking yeah. about how to manage. Well, mm-hmm. I think I think about my longest relationships. They they exist not as an with ADHD as an excuse, but with ADHD as a thing that sets context for expectations, right? Mm-hmm. That that when there is an issue, there is generally an understanding because of our just affinity for each other that that they get it. And it it's not that it's an excuse and I have a past. It's an excuse and they understand that's about Pete and it, right. and yeah. that we we've had that conversation before so we understand each other well there is a, a friendship i remember meeting somebody at a uh, at a sports event where both of our daughters were playing and i could tell that the relationship was going to turn into a friendship and she doesn't have adhd but one of the things she said to me when we first started to to uh, make like lunch dates and breakfast dates and things like that she said i want you to know I'm really busy with both of my kids' schedules and with working. So I I am not going to always be able to do things when it may be convenient for you, or I may not always be able to get back to you right away. But I like you. I want us to continue this friendship. But she really set the, I mean, she really did set the boundaries of, yeah. I kind of knew that she wasn't going to be somebody I would talk to every day. But mm-hmm. that we would see each other, you know, once a month or whatever for that that breakfast and be able to catch up. Um, so it was kind of nice to just be able to know going into it that I didn't have to take anything personally, like it wasn't right. her, you know, or me. I, it, that and that's the perfect way, actually. If you're particularly if you're starting a friendship, or even if you're in the middle of one, and the person is saying, "Gee, why don't I see more of you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And one of the answers to that is now and not now. And yeah. so you have to be careful if it's if it's that you also just are kind of bad at following up. You may want to think about what strategies could you use, or do you want to say to the person, hey, I'm not very good at reaching out, but I really would like to hear from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please feel free to reach out. Don't take it personally. Feel free to reach out to me at any time because I'm. Um, once somebody suggests an idea, I'm usually all, all ready and raring to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's another, another option. Mm-hmm. And you do get, people get stuck in this idea of like, have I done this well enough? 
is it okay if I actually contact this person or not? You know, it's been a while, whatever. <laughs> and I think if you if you reach out to somebody and say, hey, it's been a while, but I would, you know, I'd love to get together with you and go to the park or whatever it is, you know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not, if they don't have time for you or whatever, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you know, you shouldn't toss out a relationship or feel like, oh, I haven't paid enough attention to it. Just ask. And then if the person's like, no, I don't have time, then you haven't lost anything. That's true. That's a really good point, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if that's the case, then it's not a friendship to to pursue. Well, again, yeah. I mean, you're if you're setting context, you, you're setting context with somebody with the aspiration of becoming friends with them, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. there's some give and take and you'll know very quickly yeah. if they're willing to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk just a, a little bit about the value of friendships, because one of the things I hear so often, and, and I hear from two camps, right? One is the ADHD camp, which is I have ADHD. It's impossible for me to make consistent friendships. I'm constantly letting new people down, like in my life. I'm not able to, to you know, live up to even the earliest expectations of, of deadlines and meeting for lunch. I'm always late. Like, I, I can't, I, I can't do it. So I don't try. And the other camp is, is hashtag adulting, right? Which is I'm too busy. I, I don't know where to meet new people. I just, everybody I come across, like I, I, they're not going to be friends. I don't have time to meet friends. When do I go? I, I just don't have time to bring new people in my life. What are we missing when we get to that place and we decide, ah, I, I can't do friends right now? Well, I mean, connection is vital to one's mental health. And so if you are isolating yourself, either by saying you're not going to be successful at making new friends or you're too busy to make new friends, you are missing out on one of the greatest uh, parts of, of life. I mean, uh, it, it, is a, it is so important to our mental health and our physical well-being that um, Ned Hallowell, one of my favorite ADHD professionals calls it the other vitamin C, mm-hmm. the connect vitamin C. It's, it's just really important to our health. So, and, and unfortunately, if you have that opinion of like, I'm just not going to be good at this, therefore I shouldn't do it. Friendships isn't going to be the only place you're going to have that opinion. You're also going to say, I'm not going to be good at this job. Therefore, I'm not going to apply for it. I'm not going to be good at this, you know, long-term relationship. Therefore, I'm not going to work at it. Um, and you're going to end up feeling as if, uh, you just can't function. And it's just not true. Most adults with ADHD can learn how to function really well, or at least well enough to really mm-hmm. enjoy their lives. So that's really just going down a rabbit hole that do- you don't need to go down. Even if it feels impossible right now, there are lots of strategies for getting help. Um, the other folks who are way too busy, that's easy to see, you know, all this stuff is coming at you. You want to do it all. Um, making priorities isn't a great, um, characteristic for some people with ADHD, you know, they have Mm -hmm. trouble focusing in on one thing to the exclusion of others. Um, and yet, um, our lives are Mm -hmm. so much richer when we have input from others, you have joint excitement to do things together. You have a buddy to go out and try the next fearless thing you want to try, whatever it is. Um, and you miss mm-hmm. out on all of that. You know, can you survive? Yeah. Um, can you be as happy as you possibly can be? Mm-hmm. Probably not without, without some good friends. You don't have to have a lot. Right. A few right. is fine. We're not talking yeah. about starting a baseball team. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think, you know, if you have one or two really close friends or five, you're in really good shape. Mm -hmm, for you know? sure. So going on to that ADHD memory, because you were talking about uh, strategies on, uh, you know, or finding the strategy that you need to, to, to keep in touch. And I'm thinking of like birthdays and special events. I, I have a lot of clients who fear that they're going to miss those things or they do miss those things or they're late to, to getting the card in the mail. Um, what are your thoughts on the memory connection with ADHD friendship? What are some things that people can possibly do? Well, I'm a big believer in electronic reminders, mm -hmm. um, just because they're easy. You know, you put it in once and it goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just do annually on X date and then it's done. Um, and so you can do, uh, I mean, actually what I do, because I'm terrible at remembering birthdays. I don't have ADHD. I mean, it's not just about ADHD. Right. Um, I put the birthday in annually forever. Mm -hmm. And then I put the, uh, with the birth date. So I know which birthday it is, you know, it doesn't change from year to year. And then I put one week ahead of time, send a card or whatever it is also forever. And then a week before that, get the card, right? So, and I mean, I don't do 150 birthdays, otherwise my calendar would be full of this stuff. But um, so I've got uh, a couple of different reminders that come through um, and they're color, you know, even in a different color. So it really stands out. Um, and that's, I think that's probably the best way, whatever the reminder system is that you use, Get one that is, you know, that you don't have to interact with repeatedly. You don't have to go in every year and go, oh, yeah, it's the birthday. It's just going to automatically come up. And that reminds me, Pete, of a gal that we interviewed earlier in the year. Uh, she used, uh, was it Todoist? Yes, it was Todoist, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly the system that she had, very similar. Like she would have, you know, get get the birthday card, sign the birthday card, you know, address the birthday card send the birthday <laughs> card. So it was broken up in so many pieces and it wasn't all at once. Right. So it was like a week here. This is my task for this week and that. And, and I'll tell you, she feels great about the connections that she's had in the last uh, year and a half, you know, since she's been doing this because it, it does put it on your radar and you just feel good about it. You know, you feel good that you're yeah. able to reach out and, and do it on time, you know, of what they expect. Yeah. Yeah. And your friends appreciate it as mm -hmm. well. I did another thing, a uh, similar kind of thing, which I didn't do last year, but I used to send out an annual letter to everybody just to catch up with everybody. And it, it was interesting. I mean, that's kind of a pain because it's a lot of people and I used to mail them. Um, I, now I send some of them by email when I do it. Um, but a lot of people said, you know, I really looked forward to hearing from you. Now, those aren't your deepest relationships, yeah. right? And I mean, I think the the friendships, the deep friendships are really the ones that, that are worth focusing mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. on. Um, though there's also the issues around dating yes. and meeting new friends. Um, and one of the issues there has to do with the pressure uh, in the dating apps to respond in certain ways in a certain time frame, um, all of that, which is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the algorithm has demands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. Yeah, um, and so that that can be a real challenge. Um, and I've known some folks who just say, "I don't want to do the dating apps because yeah. they're they put they makes me too anxious." Mm -hmm. You know. To have to do it within. I, I want to talk about uh, more about that, but I just I need to I need a, to to give a hot tip. Please, uh, 
even if you are not, if you are a, a person who lives inside of Facebook, one of the gifts of Facebook for the long time was people put their birthdays in it. And that is what we relied on for birthday notifications. Mm -hmm. go, go into your, into Facebook and take a half hour, make a task, take a half hour to find your closest friends if you don't know their birthdays and put their birthdates in your own personal system so that you're reminded outside of Facebook because our relationship with Facebook ebbs and flows and mm -hmm. we don't want to miss birthdates for important relationships because you don't like Facebook right now. I am saying that. I'm saying you, but really I'm talking about me. <laughs> you're uh, talking is, about Pete. And, and yeah. that was a, I'm absolutely projecting here. I own that. I, I just want to make sure that, that, and that was a huge thing for me. I found I was writing personal notes, emails, texts to people outside of Facebook. And that was a thing that was even more appreciated by those mm -hmm. people because it wasn't just piled in with the, with everybody you know, the else. mass of notifications yeah. that they get and feel like they, oh, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, scroll, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are very, those are very superficial sure. touches right. um, on Facebook. Any of that stuff mm -hmm. um, is very superficial. Yeah. So um, I have a question about the dating and what also Pete was mentioning about not having time because I just got done with an appointment with a gal who just signed up for one of those dating apps. But what she's nervous about is that she's not going to have the time in her schedule to even go on a date. So there's this like balance, right? Of how do you strike this balance of not, and I, it's not specifically just going dating, but with friendships too. I mean, how do you, how do you wrap your head around making time for it? The reality with dating is if you can't make time for dating, you're also not going to be able to make time for a relationship. True. Um, and so maybe it's not the right time for you to be thinking about getting into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can do it in different ways. I mean, with friendships also, you can, for example, set aside your weekends mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm going to do one thing every weekend with a friend whom I like, mm -hmm. whatever that is, or whatever the number is that you would choose. And then you reach out and you try to, to figure out which friends want to do what. Are you going to go to a baseball game with somebody and, you know, go for a beer afterwards? Mm -hmm. Are you going to uh, go for a walk in the park? Do you want to go to the farmer's market together? Do you want to go to visit a museum? Whatever it is, but just something that's fun and different and gets you away from your house as best as you can mm -hmm. um, these mm -hmm. days. Um, and, and those activities are particularly appealing, mm -hmm. um, both for your friends, because it's not just, hey, let's just hang out, um, but also for the person with the ADHD, because it's active. Mm -hmm. um, and the more active, typically, the better mm -hmm. um, for, for mo many people who have ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would, so I think you have to sort of be willing to set aside, if not any evenings or whatever, then at least a day on the weekends and, and do it if you can in chunks, mm -hmm. right? So, um, uh, one of the things I talk about with couples and when they're starting to get back into dating, which is the same thing, making time for it. Um, so sort of have some dates is set aside a block of time. You don't have to know what you're going to do ahead of that mm -hmm. time. Um, with your partner, that's easy because you can both say, okay, Saturday afternoon, we're going to do something together. And then, and then you can figure out what it is later with your friends. It's a little harder because your lives aren't as intertwined, mm -hmm. but you can still say to yourself, I'm going to do one thing every weekend with some friends. If you do that, 
you will end up with some good yeah. friends. Yeah. And you're happier. You know? I mean, I think it goes back to what you were saying too. It's like, if you, you're, it's so good for your spirit and your soul after you have that connection. I, a couple of weeks ago, we got together with a family that are friends with our family and we just randomly went to the park and had a picnic. I can't remember mm-hmm. the last time I had a picnic, uh, but it was so fun just to be connected and be outside and, uh, and it was sp- kind of spur of the moment, you know, which is good for yeah. ADHD for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did something like that yesterday. Now, this was with my husband, but but you could also do this with friends. In fact, we have done this with friends. We just go, you know what? Let's do something this afternoon. How about if we go to, you know, the local craft brewer brewery that has a Sunday afternoon act mm-hmm. on stage or um, go for a drive down by Lake Erie or whatever the thing mm-hmm. is um, and just Go. Spontaneity yeah. is you know, good for relationships. It's good. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think we yeah. forget that. It too. is. This, this goes into the stories that we tell ourselves, right? That, that I will often find myself in that language of, you know, I have three hours right now. I could call my friend who lives down the street and I could say, hey, do you want to go to a movie? But he's busy. He would never have time to be able to do that. <laughs> right? I tell myself that before I yeah. pick up the phone, yeah. right, before I send right. a message. And let him tell, right. tell you he's right. busy. Well, and how, and how easy a... is that? That negative self-talk, oh, that's where that rears its head. It does. And I yeah. got to tell you, that was definitely one of the, the things I want to touch upon here is the, is the shame attached to friendships because they feel... Well, we know a lot of ADHDers, they blame themselves because they don't see it as a two-way relationship. So they feel like they're the ones that let the person down or haven't been um, great at at keeping in touch. And so there's this shame of, well, I guess I've just lost that friend or I I can't reach out because I'm embarrassed or it's been too much time or they've texted me a couple of times now and I haven't responded. And, and so I, I do think it's that it's the, how you're talking to yourself about this, not really knowing what the response is going to be. And Melissa, I'm just curious, like, what, what do you think about that with the shame that's attached. Yeah. I mean, the shame is, is pervasive, not just about friendships, Mm -hmm. but about a lot of other things, these sense of failure or the sense that, um, adults with ADHD have that somehow they're letting other people down. But, um, just like with, uh, primary relationships, um, you don't get to define whether you're letting somebody else down. The other person does. Mm -hmm. Um, and for you to assume, you know, how they're feeling, um, is one step too far. I mean, that is all about your shame, but it is, it is, I'd like people who have those feelings um, to be willing to at least ask, say, hey, you know, would you like to go for that walk? I got, I have half an hour. Would you like to spontaneously go for a walk? Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if, if the person is working at some corporate job somewhere and you know, they're busy all day, they're going to, they probably won't even respond to you because they're not available. I mean, do have to choose somebody who might be available to go for a walk Mm -hmm. at the time that you're available. Um, but, uh, and I, and I guess there's a fear of rejection, mm-hmm. right? Totally. That it feels if somebody says, you know, gee, I can't go for a walk right now. You feel like it's a personal thing where actually it, it might just be, oh, I'd love to go for a walk. I just, I'm not free right at the moment. Uh, and, um, and that's a different thing. In which case, um, you have, um, told them that you're thinking about mm-hmm. them by in, uh, offering the invite. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, that has already so. come up as a as a comment in the chat room uh, about rejection. I don't reach out to people because I live with RSD and it. I don't like that feeling very much, so I don't yeah. embrace these new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the options that you have uh, in that case is is this idea of scheduling something. Um, that then has spontaneity inside of it. I'll give you an example. I have just recently scheduled um, a Wednesday morning before everybody gets going, 7 a.m. walk with a bunch of people, some of whom I don't know very well. It's very open. You either come or you don't. We just meet at a certain place at 7 a.m. and people will walk, right? I used to be part of a hiking group, same Mm -hmm. thing, Friday mornings, whatever. And so that regularity means that you're not going to get rejected. Once that gets established and it takes a little while for everybody to get it onto their calendars and you know if the if the first day only one other person shows up it doesn't mean it's a failure it just means people haven't adjusted mm-hmm. yet. Um but once you do that then you have a regular way to get together. You just leave it on your calendar. You just uh you you make yourself schedule it so you show up a little early in case so you don't like they don't leave without you because they will mm-hmm. leave <laughs> mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but then you have that opportunity to, to solidify those relationships without putting yourself out every single week to these people that you think you might care mm-hmm. about. Um, and so that's one option. Um, it's not the yeah. only one, but it helps with the re- with resolving the rejection fear. Well, I, I think for me that that spins into the other bit of regularity, which is if if I have any concern about not being able to be spontaneous, I have to be less spontaneous. And so, you know, what, emerging out of the pandemic was, you know, let's uh, I have a couple of dear friends and we have uh, re- weekly meetings on the calendar that we've agreed to, we've invited and accepted. And within that hour of of our lunch hour, we can do all sorts of different things. We can eat on Zoom together. We can talk about technology, whatever. But sometimes we don't really say anything at all. But it's the idea of making sure that we both have that connection. And like at one point, we both had to say yes. And that is momentum building in and of itself. And now we're to the point where we're starting to say, hey, maybe this week we actually meet for lunch. Maybe we come out of our (laughs) shells, right? And and see what happens when we're face to face. And that's, that's actually really exciting too. And I think for a lot of people, I, my hunch is we're all struggling with how do you rebuild friendships after the last year that we've had? Like, what are some strategies yeah. for getting for for dealing with the social anxiety that has come up that is now magnified by I don't know how to be a grown up in public anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think my my version of that and it is pick something really fun, get two tickets, whatever, and then find somebody to join Mm. you, whether it's, you know, a concert Mm -hmm. or you decide you're going to a bar on Friday night or whatever the hell it is. Melissa Orlov's rip the bandaid off solution (laughs) to social anxiety. (laughs) Well, but, but seriously, it's not like, uh, I mean, you could do it more slowly than that, but the fact that it's active and it's fun takes away some of the worry mm-hmm. because you'll know, like I took, I just got, and so this is what I like to do that I, I live in Arizona in the winter and they, uh, they have a, um, the desert botanical garden, which is an amazing place. It was giving a outdoor in the cactuses ballet with the oh, Phoenix wow. ballet. I thought that sounded really cool. I'd never seen it, whatever. So I got two tickets and then I just looked around for somebody to go. And the people who couldn't go, 
because they were busy or whatever, were like, yeah, that's really, I'm so glad you invited me. That sounds really cool. So they knew I was thinking about them. The person who went with me, it was fabulous. So it, it, you know, there's, even if you're feeling socially awkward, there's something really fun to do. Yeah. Um, and so that eases you in some ways, eases you back in. It's, it's not really ripped to me, ripping the bandaid off. It's going like, okay, now we're here together at lunch. Now <laughs> yeah. what do we do? And we, we have do, to right? stare at each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pete, we have a couple of questions that came from Patreon, pa- Patreon. Mm-hmm. I can't say that correctly. Do you want to read them so that sure. Melissa here, let's, can let's answer? See what we, these are some that are, that are good to to pick yeah. up on, I think. Um, uh, first, I found that I cannot see someone for five years and pick right back up where we left off for someone I knew when I was younger or with whom I've done an activity. But I struggled to build new connections with people that I just meet, but don't have a reason to regularly see. Any advice? Yeah, I mean, that's hard. As an adult, it can be really hard because to your point before, um, Pete, we're all so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to get a certain number of connections before you really start to feel close to somebody. Um, I would say... Do, do you know uh, that again, number, not, Melissa? What is that? No, there I a, don't. Is there a number I should be <laughs> shooting for? There's a magic yeah. wand that you can I would wave. Like, is you it know, three? I'll do three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, again, I think it, it, part of it is, and I, I think of it as enlisting a friend, um, which is maybe strange language. Um, and this shows you sort of how I do things because I like to be active, but these walks, for example, or, uh, cause I'm meeting some new people mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, the, uh, you know, maybe you want to, um, try to go a couple times, like you go to the local brewery and you like it. So you go like, Oh, that was fun. Okay. Maybe there's another thing. It, it, the hard part is the reaching out part. Um, because obviously you might go to the brewery with somebody and they might go, nah, you know, maybe I'm not so interested in this relationship after Mm -hmm. all. And you'll know if you invite them to do a couple of really fun things and they say, no, I really don't have time for that versus, Hey, I would love to do that, but I'm out of town or I don't have time for that right now. But how about if we do something another time? Then you know that you that they like mm-hmm. you. If they just are going like, I don't know, I'm you know, I might be too busy. Um, you can you can ask them a couple times, and if by the third time you've heard I'm I might be too busy, that's a good indicator that no, actually maybe this isn't going to go anywhere. And you just try somebody that's else. Like dating, um, you're dating. It is. I, I feel like <laughs> what we've just done is can, effectively like, will you go friend with me? Check box, right? Yeah, like yes yeah. and no. But yeah. it is like that yeah. because the reality is, as adults, you don't have room for a lot mm-hmm. of friends. I mean, even as yeah. kids, you don't. The number of of really close friends is, is, you know, two hands or less. And so it is sort of like dating. You're, you're trying to figure out like, if this person kind of simpatico, can we go have a lot of fun together? Is it worth taking time out of my busy schedule? So, yeah. Um, and, and then there are, there are a lot of people who are sort of at the next level down, which is people that, you know, for a while, like on Facebook or, you know, around town or, um, whatever mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's okay you're investigating to see like are you simpatico for having fun together and just being friends and supporting yeah, each other yeah. and not having sex or mm-hmm. you know right. any mm-hmm. of that it's uh, interesting too because i find that like my friends that i grew up with in in high school we can pick up 
but it's different. It's all about memories. You know, oh, I remember this. I remember that. And it's like catching up with, okay, what are you doing with your life now? But it doesn't necessarily mean that it becomes a consistent friendship going forward. It's more of just a catch up, you know, kind of thing. And then you've got friends that I've met through most recent years that have stuck. It's just, I mean, it's just interesting. It's like, it all depends on the relationships and the people and and what you have in common and what you're doing at the time. Because, I mean, friendships can come and go, right? Oh, I mean, that's the reunion paradox, right? Yeah. I love you for who you were when we were together 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm not sure I like you that much now. Like, let's celebrate. Right. Let's go ahead and agree. I'm going to celebrate who we were for five days and then we're going to move on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And But some of those also, I've had, an experience with my some of my own high school friends where staying connected on social media specifically instagram mm. um is what i use uh because i hate facebook um a few people where they, i'm watching their lives and their lives are fascinating and the things that they're talking about or whatever have and we go back and forth and we have developed closer relationships just by the almost the intensity of it's it's like often it's daily or weekly interactions yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so you can that can be one part of cementing that friendship particularly if you're worried about you know being rejected in person or whatever yeah. you can you can solidify some of it or build some of it electronically as long as you're careful i yeah. mean obviously um you don't want to be saying things that are inappropriate mm-hmm. <laughs> on mm-hmm social media where everybody in the world can read them. Yeah. But, Remember that time you got drunk with that one person who's now the mayor of our city? Yeah. Remember that time? That yeah. was Remember fun. That? Exactly. Remember I have a picture of it somewhere. Oh, God, what a hoot. Uh, I think that's really, and I think that, that gets back to something that I think I've really cherished over this last year, which is the smaller bespoke communities that we've been a part of. And I think our ADHD community is one of those. But just, you know, friends and colleagues, people from long ago who come together in a smaller a platform that isn't Facebook, like maybe it's a Facebook group, right. maybe it's another Discord group, maybe it's just a messages chat group with just like eight or 10 people in it. Uh, those have been really special because it's the same vibe, right? You get the same sort of, um, you know, community like reconnection electronically, but you don't have quite so much fear of like public disgrace, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that, uh, that, that, uh, the pandemic actually has enabled is, is neighborhood groups yeah. along the same line. It's a smaller group. Um, but, uh, and we had a, we had one that started up, which was wonderful because we got to know our neighbors. We happen to live in a pretty new neighborhood. It's like three years mm-hmm. old, something mm-hmm. like that. So a lot of people interested in getting to know everybody, but we had, we went outside every Saturday night, whoever was available, brought our own chair, mm-hmm. brought our own drink, brought our own food, stayed 10 feet mm-hmm. apart, mm-hmm. <laughs> but got to know some people mm-hmm. in a very low key yeah. way. That's another thing you can physically pull a group of geographically located people together mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis. You know, maybe it's first Fridays. It's not every yeah. week, but, you know, first Fridays or something where you say, hey, let's get a group of people together out in the, and bring your chairs out to the street or somebody's mm-hmm. yard. Sure. Mm-hmm. And 
make everybody feel welcome. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of communities are starting to come back around. If you don't have a community that does a first Friday or first Monday or whatever they do, um, check it out and see what it's like. There's a lot of the you know businesses who've been struggling during the pandemic and and uh, food trucks in our area. There are food truck communities that are that are really trying to engage that social muscle. It's really easy to be outside and be separated, but but sort of feel what it's like to have a community again. Uh, which is right. which is really right. good. Face, and yeah. those are low risk right. low risk ways to meet mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So I, Pete, uh, yeah. I want to this last uh question I think is really a good one about communicative yeah. miscues because I know that mm-hmm. that's something that, that that anxiety is built up if you feel Huge. like you're yeah, you want to read the question? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I struggle with communicative miscues constantly. Even when I'm on my game, I forget words that get in my head, and I notice myself struggling to keep up with those social cues that help move conversations along. I've noticed this has gotten, especially gotten worse since the pandemic. Before that, I'd sort of trained myself to go out regularly and get exposed to social situations so I could exercise those social cue muscles. But now they're extra weak. Anyone else have trouble Mm -hmm. in that area? Yes. And I also wonder if anxiety might be playing a role there as well, where anxiety is adding to awareness of trusting whether or not you're reading things uh, correctly. Um, So one of the interesting things about some of the ADHD research has to do with the ability to read the cues coming from others, particularly emotional cues um, when you have ADHD. And that isn't uh, always a strong muscle for people who have ADHD. Um, You know, there are some sort of conversational tricks that you can use. Uh, For example, so do I hear you saying mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? So a sort of a, a repeat back without being too obvious about it to make sure you've understood. Um, that's one or something like that, you know. So I think what so I think what you're saying is uh, X, Y, Z. And if the person says, no, 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 what I was really saying was something else, then, you know, it was good that you did that. Um, and another is that there are uh, people who are particularly patient with um, people taking time, for example, to to collect their thoughts. And, you know, there are, and this sounds very strange, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but there are actually a lot of potential friends out there. Um, and, and so if you find that you're with somebody who is really impatient about how long it takes you to pull your ideas together or or to understand what's being said, Um, maybe you need to be looking for somebody else who's less concerned about that. And again, another good way to do that is in a shared interest group. You know, if you ride bikes, maybe you join um, a a biking group or something like that so that there's at least a common language to start out with um, around the activity that you're Mm -hmm. doing. Um, and, and then, and then it takes some of the pressure mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like that. I don't know if I answered that question. Well, at least for me, I mean, it's just a reminder that, uh, I, I think I would like to add as a reminder that we're, we're all struggling with this right now. Right. Like we're all coming mm-hmm. out of this cave syndrome and it's hard and it's just mm-hmm. hard. So recognizing that the person you're talking to is, might just be feeling a little bit of this too. So mm-hmm. uh, insofar yeah. as you might be in your own head uh, about forgetting words, just remember, like, there's there's o- double occupancy in their head, too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just, you know, and again, this depends on the person, because I know if you're experiencing a lot of shame or whatever, you might not be able to do this. But just say, wow, I'm I'm struggling to find the right words here. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or something that can help as well. It it means that you don't have to fill in all the spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, for someone who has those issues, somebody who is comfortable with silence for a while might be a very good friend. That's right. Um, And there are some people, and people vary Mm -hmm. on that, Mm -hmm. um, that spectrum. Well, and I just want to say too, before we wrap up is I think it is important to, to see what is a good friend for you? You know, what, what are Mm -hmm. you looking for with somebody being patient or somebody who has similar interests, like all the things that you've recommended with these different groups and, and organizations and, and, thinking about those things and, and, and figuring out what you need, because it is a two-way relationship, you know, it, it doesn't just go one way. Well, it's interesting because you, you, uh, if you think about what do I want in my friends and what will my friends see in me? I mean, I think about one person I know in particular who is a real explorer. Like that's what she, that's what her ADHD does for her. She's constantly learning new things. She's very distractible when she is not really tamping that down. And, um, and she's learned everywhere. Mm -hmm. And her friends who have stayed her friends love Mm -hmm. that about her. That is one of her great qualities. So for her, a good friend is somebody who, who really enjoys seeing things in a new way, learning new things, going on adventures together, being willing to walk down the street and and suddenly have her go off and look at some cool new bug that just showed up mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is. Um, and she may or may not always be in touch with those friends, but they still love those, that core part of who she Absolutely. is. So so if you are somebody who has a strength like that, whether it's creativity or exploring or, um, you know, something else, fearlessness, uh, for example, um, all of which can come easily with ADHD, mm-hmm. um, look for friends in those arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are fearless and you love whatever it is you love, skiing mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, mountain biking on racing or whatever go find friends there yeah yeah makes sense. you know take advantage of your strengths and really build Mm -hmm. on those and that's where you're gonna you're gonna find the strongest connections in any event i play pokemon go with my son from time to time Mm -hmm. and we met (laughs) we meet some of the most amazing people we're we're in a parking lot on the coast here of uh oregon and cannon beach and we run into some people in a giant rv uh, they are clearly in their 80s, and they uh, we entered. They're playing Pokemon with us, and they turn to us and say, "We both retired the same year and fell in love with this game, and it has led us through in our RV uh, all over North America, meeting the most amazing people. And all we do <laughs> is drive from rest stop to rest stop and play Pokemon Go, and we sold everything. We just live in our RV. That is a great example, right? Of they just you find the community community that that finds you mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's that's really yeah, inspiring. exactly yeah absolutely no judgment no judgment. well and i have to say too just going back <laughs> to the number of friends i i i'm under that five for sure yeah and yeah. uh lots of acquaintances but under five 
for really people that I would, you know, get really deep with, or I know I can depend on, or I want to see on a yeah. frequent basis. Um, so it's definitely not the the number. It's not a number issue at all. No, and you cannot sustain um, a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And even even the sort of next tier down, mm -hmm. I don't remember what the number is, but it's not as big as you would think it is. And you have to be careful not to think like, oh, everybody else has got all those friends. Yeah, I see them all on Facebook or whatever it is. That's not what it's no. about. It is about um, having a few people that you really enjoy being with, who really enjoy being with you, that you know you can count mm -hmm. on. Um, and And that's, that's it. That's what yeah. you're looking yeah. for. It's great. This yeah. is fantastic stuff. And I hope a good reminder for those listening about just maybe uh, it should be inspiring as you come out of the cave and uh, look to rebuild and rejuvenate some friendships. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa, for hanging out with us and helping us through this. Can can you give tell, update us on your work, your writing? Um, where would you like people to go learn more about you? Well, so my website is at ADHDmarriage.com, um, and I have a huge website as well as um, information about treatment. I give a seminar for couples. I give support groups. Um, I am working on a really exciting project uh, that I can't. I, if I had, if I told you about it, I have to tell you. No, that's not true. But, uh, but it is a, it's a professional training project, Great. which I'm excited about. So that will be posted as well at some point in the future. It's called um, ADHD Hunger Games. Bring a bow. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute, head over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Melissa Orlov, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast. Podcast.